Hello and welcome to the Refined Taste Podcast. Thank you for listening. On this episode, we're joined by Colleen and Seb Hardy, owners of Living Roots Winery, located at 1255 University Avenue. Just a quick note about this episode. Uh, we talked to Colleen and Seb a couple of weeks ago, um, and the release of the interview was delayed because the file that the recording was on, uh, unfortunately, was damaged. So the full episode is not available. Um, I was able to save around 33 minutes of the interview. So first, um, you know, I just want to apologize to Colleen and Seb. Um, I appreciate their time, and uh, I'm sorry about the delay and uh, the shortened episode. And also to you, the listener, um, because the ending of this episode is a bit abrupt. So sorry about that. Um, but uh, you should definitely go and visit Living Roots Winery over on University Avenue or, uh, you know, order a glass of their amazing wine next time you're out. Support them, definitely. A uh, couple of quick announcements before we get into it. We don't have any... Uh, refined taste comedy shows currently on the books but a few are in the works and we're super excited about them uh so stay tuned uh they're gonna be happening uh we had such an amazing run of shows over the summer uh with petite patinery and uh over at pizza wizard we had five shows over at pizza wizard that were amazing um the turnout was great the audiences were amazing the comedians were killer uh, they were just great shows, and shout out to the staff um, over at Pizza Wizard that were just so accommodating and so awesome. Uh, and then shout out to Petit Petunery for working with us, and um, we love them so much, and we had some awesome shows with them as well. Uh, but if you're interested in seeing either myself, Dario, or Chris uh, live, you can follow our Instagram accounts, and they're tagged in the episode description. So um, just follow us, Stardar Stinks and Kranz Anon, and we list all our shows on there. And we're pretty busy, but um, there'll be more to come. Uh, also, don't forget about uh, the offer from our sponsor, Karma Sauce. Um, if you're a fan of the YouTube interview show Hot Ones, you already know about Karma Sauce. They're a Rochester-based company that specializes in artisanal handcrafted hot sauce made with locally sourced Finger Lakes ingredients. With over 400 five-star reviews and 130 award show wins, Karma Sauce is the secret ingredient for making your next meal sizzle. Use promo code REFINETASTE, no space, REFINETASTE at checkout on karmasauce.com for 15% off your entire order. That's Refined Taste with no space at checkout on karmasauce.com. Um, personally, I uh, every Taco Tuesday, I drop a few dabs of that Scorpion Disco onto my meal and uh, whew, takes it to the next level. Uh, Taco Tuesdays are hot now. Uh, karmasauce.com. Thanks for being a sponsor. Uh, now for the episode. Colleen and Seb Hardy, Living Roots Winery. Let's go. Anthony Bourdain, Ina Garden, Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray, Guy Fieri. Dario and Chris. 
Deep in the heart of Rochester, New York, hunger's a duo wielding jokes armed with forks. Nothing but the finest cuisine in the Empire State. Napkins down, pinkies out, enjoy a garbage plate. You've heard the others, now here's the best. A great A cut above rest. The funniest foodie friends you will ever find. But don't get it twisted. Their taste is refined. Refined taste. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Taste Podcast. I'm Dario. I'm Chris. What's up, Chris? How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Uh, lovely day. It is. We're, it's, in a, uh, we're in the Bat Cave, man. We're this in the Bat Cave, yes. We're in the vault. <laughs> yes. Um, today, we welcome a very special guest. We're excited to have them. We're welcoming uh, Seb and Colleen Hardy, uh, the owners of Living Roots Winery. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Yes. Uh, it's, it's exciting to have you. Uh, like we were talking mm-hmm. about before, um, Rochester loves you. Um, Very much so. Yeah. We Ro- love Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Re- a new home. Yes. yes. <laughs> Rochester women, especially, I think. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to generalize, but I think I'll go there. And, uh, I was going to say, yeah. it would be yeah. a good place to hang out. Yes. Uh, if yeah. you were potentially a single male. Yeah. That's right. And, and the it, ratio oh and would work in your favor. There it's should an be more guys yeah. good around to here drinking wine as well. Yeah. So, so uh, sure. I, yeah. It'd be like that All guy. All the fellas, yeah. come on in. Right. Multiple Corner. reasons to yeah. bring, bring a book so you look smart. There you go. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Bring a book. Drink, yeah. drink a nice like uh, a port or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yes. And people would be like, that man's interesting. Look at that yeah. guy reading not gonna Jane talk Austen. Still, over <laughs> Is he reading Jane Austen? Like, what? <laughs> it's upside down. He's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first page. Yeah. There's a comic book inside of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Plenty oh. of ideas for, yes. for the people. But um, I mean, it's true. Our following and our audience is like 80% women. Really? So, yes. Oh, yeah, that's oh, our okay. demographic. Yeah. I think ours is... I, our, I haven't checked in a while, but it's somewhere between like 70 and 80%. Yes. Yeah. This, this might be so, their wheelhouse. Yeah. Exactly. So I knew Forces um, people yes. would be excited about this, um, especially ours and yours following. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever we do anything wine related, um, mm-hmm. yeah, as there's a lot of buzz around it. So, I mean, who yeah. doesn't love wine? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, we do have beer and other beverages if people don't like wine, but mm-hmm. yeah. I can biasly say the wine's very good. Yeah. 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 And you have some of the best wine. Would you say? I mean, I'll say it. Chris, yeah. would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you definitely do. Like, we've we, had your wine we try. before. <laughs> yeah. We want to make... Yeah, uh, we, work, we work bloody hard at making good wine, but mm-hmm. it's Ex- good to hear other people yeah. agree. That's right. And yeah. you just won recently an award, an Australian wine award. Yeah. Can so you yeah. tell us about that? So it was, uh, uh, I guess, the, the biggest wine writer in Australia and, and his sort of company uh, named us Best New Winery of Australia. Uh, so that was a, a, a cool surprise and, and yeah, we were 
went back there for for the awards and and uh, and well, we go back uh, once a year at least. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's like what I was to make ask. it yeah. uh, a couple of times. Uh, yeah. So this is another sort of reason to get back and uh, like taste the blends and all the wines we've got aging. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of the off season technically there, but the on season here. Right. So Stuck away for a little bit from bottling, and uh, we just started crushing the first grapes of the the well 2022 season here in Rochester um, from Finger Lakes grapes, uh, and then earlier this year in in February, March, April, uh, we were down under in Adelaide, my hometown, and mm. and uh, as we always are for for that sort of important time of the harvesting where you have to ferment everything at once and, mm, yeah, and then so bottling as well beforehand right. and yeah so you're that. very involved in the process over yeah, there I mean, yeah 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 and, and for you sure have families kind of, yeah. that have been doing it for a long while like okay i'm sixth generation right uh but uh yeah my well my dad has vineyard and, and all that but we've tried to keep living roots a little separate you know have our own sort of uh you know angle on things and our own but, little winery set up yeah and, that's yeah. right so we've got that. We've got one employee, an associate winemaker, that holds down the fort while I'm not around, and and then you know. Um, so you have one one person. In, yeah. In mm-hmm. Adelaide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we 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 don't have the the sort of a tasting room. Well, just by appointment only there, and and just you know on my family's property. Um, so this is where we have the the proper setup. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so now we've got distributors there. So we're starting to bring over some uh, Finger Lakes wines to Australia, which you know, wow. you can hardly nice. find any of those. But yeah, they've been well received. Wow. So, so yeah, so the word is getting out about Finger Lakes yeah. in Australia now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, particularly because the Aussie connection and, and stuff like it it's, uh, makes it, um, you know, well, you know, sort of an easier story to. to uh, put out there I guess yeah, and, and yeah with uh, our local connection and you know when you when we tell real wine enthusiasts or people in the wine industry about it they've definitely heard of the Finger Lakes but probably have never had the opportunity to try Finger Lakes wines and then you know people who are just more casually into wine um, usually are like wait wine from New York you, you know they don't realize mm-hmm. how big New York is as a state right um, so it's been cool to sort of tell people about the regions and put it you know more in context of the world of wine i guess and then for people who are have heard about it it's really awesome for them to actually have the opportunity to taste right um so yeah it's been it's gone well so far i mean it's still pretty new i feel like you know here we're coming up on five years since we opened the tasting room in rochester um but it still feels pretty new like we're i don't know i think partially because half of the time we've been open has been covid right um and also just wineries there's a lot of sort of build up or, you know, we're aging wines for at least a year before we release them. So right, yeah, um, right. yeah it still feels like we're relatively new and, and certainly in Australia, um, we only have really started selling wines there within the last year. So yeah, well you're expanding and that's exciting. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to, you know, keep moving and growing. Um, it's, it's funny people, must hear New York. They're like, where in Central Park is right. this vineyard? Yes. Like, is this, are these yeah. Gowanus grapes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's great. It's, it's so cool to see, um, you know, a product from this area, mm-hmm. you know, become worldwide like that. And, uh, you know, it's awesome that you guys are doing that. Uh, I did uh, a little Google Earth and I uh, was looking at this map before. 
I dropped into like Adelaide. It looks beautiful there. And it, it, this mm. is where you're from, Seb? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's cool. Uh, but, you know, everybody uh, loves the, you know, a new scenery like I do around right. Rochester. Sure. And, and the Finger Lakes, just like I'm blown away by all the, you know, the massive fresh water lakes and the right. shale ravines and, you know, the mm. woods and all the greenery and whatnot. Yeah. Like, and then I go to Australia and I'm like, ooh, the beach and like, you know, the eucalyptus trees and yeah. it's sort of anything mm-hmm. new is kind of exciting. And yeah. they're both just beautiful parts of the world, but very different sort of landscapes. And Definitely. Now, I mean, I'd say the Finger Lakes are beautiful, right? I mean, it's a yeah. beautiful region. Oh, yeah. um, I spent a lot of time there, especially uh, during the pandemic. Uh, my wife and I spent some time on Seneca Lake. You know, we were trying to get away from people, basically. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do hiking. We went Watkins Glen. Uh, it's such a gem yeah. that we have that's so close uh and it, you know i know you guys make that trip all the time mm-hmm. so you know as much as anybody so it, it, it's great um and so if you're not you're listening to this and you haven't been in the finger lakes uh definitely get in your car you know keep yeah, this on out. Yes. exactly keep this on. start listen driving listen. right now just yeah. start binge yeah. listening while going down to the finger exactly lakes. you yeah. can probably get through all of them and get through half our catalog. Yeah, take a left so. here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that like lines up for somebody. Put living roots <laughs> yes. pop up in yeah. your Google Maps. There you go. <laughs> Only on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday until yeah. mid-October. <laughs> yeah, where, so where, where are you located? Where's the pop-up right so now? So the pop-up, so you know, in Australia, as Seb mentioned, we've set up on his family's vineyard. And then in the Finger Lakes, you know, while our winery and tasting room so far have been here in downtown Rochester, um, we during COVID sort of you know we didn't have outdoor space here in Rochester at the time. We've since added a small patio, but we were trying to figure out you know how can we have tastings in a safe environment and you know have an outdoor experience. And so my family bought a property on Cuca. Um, I guess almost it was like eight or nine years ago, nine years ago, and um, and so you know historically my family hasn't been in the wine industry, but my parents were getting more interested in the local sort of wine scene and this property came up, you know, it was available at a really good price. It needed mm-hmm. a lot of work, but it has a gorgeous view up Cuca Lake looking at the bluff. So, um, yeah, since, you know, I met Seb shortly after that and things kind of have sped up since then. So we've now planted um, like six different varieties of vinifera grapes that we, we buy all the grapes from my parents from that vineyard, make them into wine. And um, so, yeah, during COVID, we thought, well, what if we put a tent up on the vineyard and do a little outdoor tasting experience? And so now we've done that the last three summers. Um, so it's sort of on the southeast side of Cuca Lake, right near Hammondsport. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, beautiful view over the lake and just like very sort of relaxed, um, you know, semi-temporary setup. But we're in the process of building a more permanent winery and tasting room there uh, that hopefully will be open starting next year. So Great. Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, it'd be really nice over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. So that's so wild that your family had the land. Yeah. You know, without any future idea of what might become of it. Like, I think that, yeah, exactly. They, they saw potential in it. And I think, you know, thinking that could be a fun project, rather, you know, retirement project or sort of fix it up and flip it sort of thing or... Um, I think, you know, they were they were certainly interested to do something with it. Yeah. Um, but that but like Colleen, became less clearer find... once I met a <laughs> exactly. generation winemaker. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, right. exactly. like, listen, um, we got this land. We need you to find someone that has wine in their blood. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and mission then sh- accomplished. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
she obviously did this really well because she um, flew in with her mum into my hometown of Adelaide and met my uncle on the first night. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and, you know, Adelaide's n- not tiny. It's, a bit, it's bigger than Rochester. It's right. a million people in the suburbs, mm-hmm. of, you know, surrounding. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a big coincidence. Like she And she had actually teed up a job at uh, my old family winery, like mm-hmm. historic winery. Um, so it, it, well, that was through a Rochester connection because yeah. uh, Constellation, which is based here, right. yeah. ended up with the, my old family winery, Hardy's Wine, so last name being Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that was in the family for five generations. My dad sort of uh, started his own thing and, and, you know, family grew up, you know, plenty of uh, people after that many generations. Uh, but anyway, so she, she was working at Hardy's through this Constellation connection um, and then was at a restaurant and uh, was told that there was a Hardy uh, ah. in the restaurant at the time. Ah. And, uh, that was, uh, that was yeah, my, my first uncle. night in Australia. Yeah, met Seb's uncle. And at the time I thought, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like I'm working at Hardy's and I'm meeting a Hardy and you know, it's all meant to be not <laughs> yeah. knowing that I, you know, Seb existed or that. The like, yeah. Listen, right. it goes time, further than exactly. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the next time I saw Seb's uncle was at family Christmas, like mm-hmm. a year later. It was like, hey, remember meeting me You're at like, that random now restaurant? Now I'm and, dating your... Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah. And yeah. that was with her parents. Her yeah, parents my mom like, all right. Christmas. Obviously, this is serious. So we've got right. to come over and and you know meet this bloke Zeb and <laughs> and his person. family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's so awesome. So what were you doing in Adelaide to begin with? Yeah. So I had been working in marketing in Chicago, but okay. was ready for a change. Kind of wanted a break from the cubicle. Um, loved Chicago, but was kind of. Yeah, which is ready for a change. And so my clients were big food manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I knew that we had clients in sort of beer and wine. And I thought, well, that sounds a lot more interesting than like sure. processed cheese. Yeah, yeah and definitely. And so, yeah, started <laughs> sort of reading some books about wine and took an online class, you know, about wine and winemaking and decided that was more the route I wanted to go. So I decided to kind of dive right in, work a vintage, and learn more about how wine is made so that then, even if I went back to the marketing side, I knew more about it. Yeah. And um, But it was the wrong time of year to do that in the States, so rather than wait a whole year, I decided to go to the su- Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I reached out to a you know Rochester connection at Constellation, said, hey, do you have any sort of contacts in the Southern Hemisphere? And they introduced me to someone at Hardee's, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up there, so I, I you know, knew nothing when I got there, but Hardy's is a pretty big winery, so it was great. There were like 19 cellar hands just hired for the season. So I lived in a house with, you know, four other cellar hands from different parts of, well, mostly Americans, one guy from France. And um, so it was a great way to learn, just kind of all being in it right. together. It almost felt like summer camp, but like yeah. wine edition. Um, like and we're cider, actually cider working. house rules type of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that, but no, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's so cool. So you got your hands dirty. You mm-hmm. wanted to, yeah, ex- actually like experience it, yeah. you know, on the ground. Yep. That's cool. I, I love that, you know, instead of just being a marketing person about wine, that doesn't know anything about yeah. wine. You're Getting like, into the dirt. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So that's so cool. So how was that experience for you? I loved it. I loved it. It was 
just so different to anything I'd ever done. And it, it was exactly the change of pace that I was looking for. So, you know, where previously I would bring my computer home and, you know, we, there was really no break between, between work and home, which now we obviously have as well, being small business owners, there's sure. no boundaries. But <laughs> it was just such a nice change of pace because I didn't even bring a computer with me. Um, and I would get, you know, you'd go, you'd do your work for the day. And then when you mm -hmm. left, it was done. Like there was nothing I could take home with me. And so I got to really just enjoy an experience and dive right in, learn a ton on the job, but then also get that like mental break that I kind of was craving. Yeah. So yes. it, was, it was awesome. I loved it. That's great. Do you find that that knowledge and experience that you picked up, do you use that today still? For sure. Yeah. And so, you know, that was, I worked at Hardee's for like four or five months just for the harvest season. Um, learned a ton about the process and just, you know, how important things like t temperature of the fermentation is or just parts of the process that I feel like reading it, reading about it versus doing it, it sort of locks sure. it in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I worked at a smaller winery in a role that was sort of doing a little bit of everything. So it was some marketing, some working in the cellar during harvest, some, you know, helping open a tasting room or doing a little bit of wholesale stuff. And so that I feel like was where I learned so, so much um, that now we use for living roots. Like, uh, again, being small business owners, you do a little bit of everything. So yeah, kind of, of being exposed to that um, at the time, obviously not knowing that we would end up starting our own thing. It, uh, yeah, I think learned a lot, especially yeah. at that smaller winery. But, but the big one was a great way to learn um, because they, it is such a big winery. They hire a lot of different people and you sort of have one area that you focus on the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it was a good way to learn because you, I, I wasn't thrown like everything in the winery at once. I sort of learned one area really, right. you know, well, and then was able to add on to that later on at a smaller winery. Cool. Yeah. Prior to that, did you have any no. experience? No, None. just drinking wine. And, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Studied marketing, worked yeah. in marketing drink wine with that you know yeah mm -hmm. that was about it that's so. cool so now i mean as a, a small business owner you know owning living roots i mean there's so many different levels of it and you kind of have experience in mm -hmm. a lot of those different things so yeah and i mean seb's background as well has been diverse in that you know he studied winemaking has worked vintages all over the world um but also has worked a bit in sales and marketing within like for his family's yeah, winery. We'll get so. to you in a second. Yeah, no. but yeah. I, yeah, I feel like yeah, I yeah. not have you that. No, no, no. We wanted you wanna get everybody and then yeah. we'll bring yeah. it together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like it, yeah. it works really well because I think we both we both like the production side, we both like the sort of marketing side and obviously they're both very important um, to run a winery so yeah, it works yeah. well yeah you can't just have one thing yeah I mean, like right like you can make the best wine in the world but if no exactly. one knows about it which i mean that's something we struggle with all the time but we're getting there um so yeah. yeah it works well that's well, awesome maybe you'll get the uh the refined taste boost yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure so that, we will yeah. Yeah. just yeah you know it'll help a little bit i'm sure but uh <laughs> yeah you'll get some more people in here after pilates classes right and, yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah um so seb yeah so your family uh, you said five generations or six uh generations? yeah i'm six Sixth yeah, generation. So okay. 1853 was when Hardy's was started. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it just uh, you know 
come over from England. It was pretty, like, that was the start of Adelaide. Like, Australia is younger than Were the they States, out, really. outcasts mm-hmm. from England? Or? Yeah, but nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> um, no, so, well, Adelaide is, was a planned colony. Okay. Uh, that came a, a little bit <laughs> after, um, you know, the penal colonies of uh, around Sydney and in Tasmania yes, and yeah, stuff I'm like familiar that. with the history. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. We gotta but, get rid of these people. Let's send them to a really beautiful place. Yeah, uh, that's right. No, it was just after that where they realised it was kind of beautiful, right? And and it wasn't as much of a punishment unless they you know locked them in and then people would escape. And anyway, yes. Point being, um, they, they actually planned. Like, this tell us city. your family so is like, that though. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, so I mean, Hardy's. Well, did well sort of with the first generation and was sort of you know uh, it was a large company but then family grew out and uh, as well um, and my dad well, worked uh, mainly in the vineyards where so mm-hmm. you know growing and and sort of being a, a grower liaison you'd say and he would also work in the winery a bit but but because it, it was big company uh, he'd work with uh, different different growers that they were sourcing grapes from and and managing some of the hardy uh, plots and whatnot but then he started his own vineyards uh, including sort of the newer area of the Adelaide Hills which was sort of uh, coming into its own um, being a bit cooler area of, of South Australia which is great now with climate change and stuff yeah, yeah. That, that we do have cooler sites and and there's been in recent years more of a move to to cooler climates like the finger lakes and mm-hmm. cooler areas of, of australia right. well, especially the, for winemaking right? yeah, yeah exactly yeah. because of the the sort of more refined sort of aspects of of the grapes they're not um maybe they they might be a, a little less body but they make up for it plus some with the vibrancy of the fruit and the varietal character so you get more of the the actual character of Shiraz being more peppery mm-hmm. and whatnot, oh, and, okay. and then Cab Savs might have a bit more herbal or nice tannin, or and often the length is is particularly good when you're sort of uh, in those cooler climates and and uh, picking them just at the optimum optimum ripeness. Um, so anyway, uh, Dad has sort of uh, planted these vineyards as well as uh, planted a lot of vineyards and managed a lot of other. Uh, sites, but then has since then gone more into the winemaking himself uh, again in the family. What, what, um, what so, was his yeah. background prior to coming to Australia? Did he have? Uh, well, the, the the original, so my great 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 grandfather. Right. Uh, it, it was more of a well, you'd say a yeoman, uh, a sort of uh, worked the land, uh, like right. but had family sort of property. Mm-hmm. But he was the youngest son, and and then uh, decided. Um, you know, so later you know, this on, was a, a yeah. industrial revolution. So, mm-hmm. so people were um, making their way out to areas with with more sort of potential and whatnot. Yeah, and um, he was young, like when he. So we had already been in you know agriculture in some aspect, but yeah. but he came to Australia when he was like twenty years old. So he it was he was pretty young when he started Hardee's. Yeah, that's right. And, and Hardee's he was uh, was that wine and yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he. When he landed, he uh, there was already uh, one winery that he worked for, and okay. and uh, and then he made um, it, he 
sort of learned all about that uh, there. And then he also then made money by actually herding cattle from Adelaide to um, the areas around Melbourne, which is a good day's drive. Yeah. Um, mm. it, so, you know, so it's sort of taken weeks for him to, to herd this, these cattle across to the, the mines to actual, actually feed the people that were there. Right. And he did that a few times to make the money to be able to buy his own plot of land, which is now the centre of Adelaide, really. I mean, that original winery burnt down in the late 1800s. Okay. Um, mm. But then he had since... Well, he had had bought another place in McLaren Vale, which is where um, the, the sort of area that, uh, the winemaking area that uh, we sort of also make wine in. Uh, so anyway, he uh, started these, well, ended up with a few different wineries by the time, just after that first generation. And then our family sort of continued that over the years and um, at one stage had a vineyard in France and in Italy and uh and different parts of australia so it wasn't wow. just it was sort of the hardy wine group rather yeah, than right just, yeah so um well, are there any sorry to cut you off yeah, but no, the, are there any grapes or like kind of heirloom type of thing does anything no, trace back to actually it's funny because um it's very variable for grapes so that uh, mm-hmm. he brought in um cuttings of Shiraz, which we still do well, and, and Grenache and, and Cab Sav. Um, but, uh, so he didn't produce his own, but he actually had his, an orchard with other things as well. So there's actually an olive called Hardy's Mammoth. Really? Olive. Nice. olive. <laughs> um, and none of our family are in olives. I've planted a few of the trees uh, mm-hmm. around, and they are sort of in the olive industry a little bit in Australia, but not much. Um, but anyway, no, it, it's, there aren't any, well, for one, native grapes in Australia. Okay. And, and, yeah. and uh, they were quick, quick to bring over the premium cuttings uh-huh. that, um, you know, like Capsav and those, those right. uh, varieties that are tried and tested, often by the French. Now, um, you know, there are different uh, varieties in in Italy, uh, Italian varieties that are doing better and better in mm-hmm. South Australia, especially mm-hmm. with a, a warming climate, and and there's more understanding of, of premium uh, wines being made from varieties outside of France. But France kind of did it best first. Yeah, I mean, they they, they yeah. weren't yeah. just going. They weren't it, Italy and, and and Spain and and whatnot started off pretty poorly because they were pretty poor countries yeah. so mm-hmm. they were cropping it up and, and that's the difference between uh, a, well one of the main differences between a good bottle of wine and a cheap bottle of wine one is r- the cheap bottle of wine will be really cropped up you've got so many bunches in there you're mm-hmm. overloading the, the vine with fruit and so you've got more quantity but lower quality so um, those those varieties from France that they had already sort of selected and had were making fine wines from because they were sort of nice, low cropped, mm-hmm. uh, well looked after. Um, those are the varieties that sort of made it out um, into the new world, and and it's only now that we're sort of really discovering uh, how good some of the Italian or Spanish or or 
when so the the hybrid grapes around here that, that have the suitability of of native american vines and uh european vines and to begin with they they've had to do cross after cross after cross to get them to a good point but then also have to manage the crops so they're not overcropped so that's you know one of the big things is that that we want you know we want well-grown fruit that is sort of a, a balanced crop good leaf area maybe mm -hmm. you know a good balance of sunlight onto the bunches um and uh, yeah all of these sort of factors in the vineyard but then and there are a million things that you can do there and then there are a million things that you can do in the winery where you have after well we always decide when to pick the grapes and what what plot we're going to work with whether it's our own fruit on cucur or or working with other growers in the finger lakes uh, just selecting the right place and working with people that always have quality in mind as well right and then picking them at the right time which is crucial um, and then how to pick it and then uh, sort of how to process it with you know, the million things that yeah. you can do in the winery. No, so it seems like a very random process. Um, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah right. that's right. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of let it, let yeah. it happen. Let it happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's like, yeah, yeah. see what happens. No, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. There, there's Maybe so much. Maybe to begin with, it might yeah. have... Uh, no, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, completely yeah, joking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's so much that goes into it. You have no idea. Um, so you have the vineyard here, Cuca. Uh, Right, and yeah, then uh, now in, in Adelaide. Yep. Yeah, so both of our families yeah. and then, vineyards. Yeah, yeah, working with some different growers as well. So, right, um, you have different variations in those two different places? Is, oh, are there mm -hmm. like strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, yeah. We, we focus more on whites around here, uh, which generally, whites and, and lighter, vibrant reds. Mm -hmm. um, and lots of sparkling. Lots yeah. of sparkling, yeah. Um, they're, in general, particularly well suited around here and then in South Australia, more so reds. I'm uh, sure there are different varieties with different strengths. Um, and, uh, but, but generally that's, that's the case. Like, you know, Cab Franc, uh, we love around yeah. here. And mm -hmm. It's great for rosé, mm -hmm. it's great for red wine. Um, but yeah, definitely but like yeah. cool climate here. And then, you know, the hills is cool for Australian standards, but certainly warmer than here. So different varieties do yeah. well there compared to here and vice versa with whites it's, it's nice to have extra fresh acidity which you get in a cooler area and picking mm -hmm. things earlier and and sparkling is an extreme of that you know that's why champagnes yes. up really far north in france that you really want cool conditions for that because you want sort of lower alcohol because the bubbles accentuate everything right um and uh yeah nice sort of ripe flavor ripeness but not overdoing the alcohol as well so yeah that, do you, do you have a collection of of wine i know like a lot of uh, other people yeah, you have like, bit, like I have a 1958 that i'm not opening right. type of thing yeah a, a little bit but we we generally go for fresher styles okay. um you know we we like uh fruit vibrancy and and whatnot but in saying that if if yeah if some wines are, are sort of you know made to age really well and and i'm not talking there's a common sort of misconception with like the bigger richer wines people expect to be more for aging mm -hmm. but that can really be the opposite okay um you like want to drink a fresh, more yeah. elegance 
Yeah, I mean, there, there are some that, but our sort of style is to make it fresh and balanced to begin with, and then it lasts for a long time. But, you know, the last 20 years, America, Australia have gone for like chasing just body and oak because they like mm. that's more intense. The aging, the, yeah. You, you, yeah. But, but the, then it's overripe fruit and it just, they might be not very good for drinking for a few years, good for a little window and then, yeah. right. and then over the hill again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and people didn't sort of realize that in the time. So yeah. uh, it, they were just pushing it to, to, too much of an extreme. Uh, but you know, when you, when you do have sort of well-balanced wines to begin with, they're delicious sort of early, but then, you know, they can also age a good while. Um, mm-hmm. is there a, so. is there a style of wine that you just hate? Can you tell us? <laughs> no, yeah. not really. Like, yeah, just, like sideways. Yeah, going, like, yeah. It's like, I'm not drinking over, Merlot. Is there yeah, older, <laughs> overly over oaked yeah. or overly yeah. ripe. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But otherwise, like, you know, we, we love a lot of different styles of yeah. wine. And I feel like, like Seb said, we tend to drink fresher so often. Like at home, we have a lot of younger wines and we tend to go through, like, we sort of buy wine, drink wine, buy wine, drink wine. Like we don't have a ton that we're sort of saving up. I feel like in Australia, because Seb worked harvest in like Italy, France, Austria, you know, obviously he spent a lot of time in Australia. So I feel like you have some older wines yeah. in your sort of cellar there. Um, but what we drink day to day is, yeah, like, you know, we we love sparklings, whites, reds, lots of different styles of wine. But the the main thing is, yeah, having them be like pretty fresh not too oaked not too ripe yeah and not yeah. not over overly aged or you know um or alcoholic or, like, or, like yeah keeping yeah, yeah or, nothing too yeah, yeah rich so, and yeah or you know good intensity but not just yeah chasing the sort of body and 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 you also with those overripe styles they you know they're big up front but then they disappear there's nothing lingering about mm-hmm. them you know you just finish with sort of alcohol or just no flavor right. like it just kind of dies um but but they grab your attention and they they seem they've got the the, the bam that, that sort of captures yeah a, a, a lot of people as well um but yeah my family also had a lot of old wines uh, that that uh you know a, a lot of family and friends and and stuff so 